Welcome to the Montgomery Community Church Podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you to grow deeper in your faith. If you'd like to learn more about MCC, you can visit our website at mcc.church. Have you ever been lost? You may have taken a wrong turn and got off trail and soon night falls and you don't have any light to help guide you. Let's face it, on any given day, we encounter more darkness than we do truth. But God is whispering to us all the time, telling us which way to go, but sometimes the, the outside or the internal voices, they fill our heads but God does more than just whisper to us. He gives us light. His word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. God loves us so much, he provides a way. His word, only his word is our lamplight. Won't you follow? This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Good words. How many people have heard them before? (laughs) Probably many of us, right? I mean, we have. We've heard those words in a lot of places, like at weddings. Heard those before. You might have seen them written on Facebook or Instagram. You might have heard a friend or, or maybe somebody that you just met refer to those words. And you certainly heard those words here inside our church services. Why? Well, because this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And even as I say that, I have to ask some questions. Like, have you ever started a movie 80% of the way through in order to figure out what was going on? Or did you ever open up a new book in the 11th of 13 chapters to decipher where the story was really heading? Probably not. I mean, who does that? Well, apparently we do. When it comes to the words, this is the day that the Lord has made, we will rejoice and be glad in it. Because those words are found in the 24th of 29 verses found in Psalm 118. That means, of course, there are 23 verses preceding those words and five verses following them. And since we've often heard those words a bit out of context, I think we can miss the depth of what's really being said here. Rather, we should ask ourselves this question, what kind of day are we referring to? What kind of day are we referring to? Well, before I dive into that, let me address a few important details about Psalm 118 because it's a very interesting psalm. For example, did you know that Psalm 118 is a Hallel psalm? Our word, and we sang it earlier, hallelujah, comes from this Jewish word. And this means that the heartbeat of Psalm 118 is praise. It's praise. Also, Psalm 118 is one of six Egyptian psalms recited during the Passover and other Jewish festivals. You see, God had rescued them from bondage in Egypt. And as a result, worshipers, the Jewish people, recited Psalm 118 at the end of many of their Jewish celebrations. Psalm 118 also can best be understood by taking a look at the bookends. Many times people miss that when you're not looking at the entirety of something. For example, Psalm 118 begins this way. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. But it also ends this way. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. 
It's kind of like the writer of this psalm didn't want us to miss the central point. We are to give thanks. And so whatever words are found within this psalm, like the words mentioned in Psalm, you know, verse 24, that this is the day that the Lord has made, we have to know that they were written within the context of our thankfulness to God due to his goodness to us and his unfailing love for us. I'll say that again. They're written within the context of our thankfulness to God due to his goodness to us and his unfailing love for us. You might also find it interesting, and I do, to know that Psalm 118 lies smack dab in the middle of your Bible. Depending on the version you use, there are the same number of chapters before Psalm 118 than there are after. It's directly in the middle of the Bible. And it signifies that thankfulness to God, our thankfulness to him, should be central to our everyday lives. Is that true for you? Does thankfulness emanate from the center of your life, or is there another theme that resides there? You see, if there's one thing Psalm 118 teaches us, it's this. That if we want to walk in peace with God and with others, both in good times and in bad, our thankfulness to God and his goodness needs to be central. Did you hear that? If we want to walk in peace with God and with others, both in good times and in bad, our thankfulness to God and his goodness needs to be central. So what steps are you taking to make sure that thankfulness is central for you? I think it's a really good question for all of us to kind of contemplate because many people struggle with embracing such thankfulness, even on Thanksgiving Day. Either they credit themselves for what they have, or they're not thankful for what they have, or they compare what they have with what other people have, or they think God should give them even more than they have, and so they're bitter. And this is why Psalm 18 describes three different reasons why we should be thankful for today. Three reasons. On this Thanksgiving weekend, we ask the question, why will we rejoice and be glad in today? Well. Because this is the day of God's unfailing love. This is the day of God's unfailing love. Take a look. Let Israel say, his love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, his love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, his love endures forever. And so no one is left out here. Everyone is invited to join in the celebration of God's unfailing love. The nation, the nation of Israel in general, the house of Aaron in particular, and every other person on the face of the planet. We are all invited to declare that God's love endures forever. And although we know the truth, right? I mean, although all have received this invitation, not everyone has responded by participating. I mean, we know this, right? I mean, it's one thing to receive an invitation to a friend's wedding and check the yes box. It's quite another to actually show up and be part of that celebration. And that holds true for millions of people over time when it comes to giving thanks to God. You see, no matter our background, no matter if you had a good week or a bad week, no matter your ethnicity, no matter your life story, the truth is we can be so ungrateful. We can. We can be so forgetful. And we can attribute whatever is good in our lives to our own doing rather than thank God for all he has done and is doing. So Psalm 118 is an invitation to all people everywhere to be thankful for God's unfailing love.
So have you actively accepted this invitation? That's the question. Because if not, friends, this is the time. This is the moment. This is the day. After all, couldn't we all say that his love never gives out? Yeah, that his love never wears down. That his love never grows cold. Why? Because his love endures forever. Now, if you've been hanging out in the church circles for, uh, you know, maybe a decade or two, there was a song that was sung, not just in this country in various churches, but all across the world. An incredibly popular song. Some of you might recognize it. It went like this. I could sing of your love forever. 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 And you know what? As popular as that song was, there are many Christians who complained that their church kept singing it because it went on and on and on. (laughs) Kind of like God's unfailing love. Frederick Lehman described it this way. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. The wondering child is reconciled by God's beloved son. The aching soul again made whole and priceless pardon won. O love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong. It shall forevermore endure the saints and angels' song. Oh yes, this is the day of God's unfailing love. So let's declare it. But let's not stop there. Every day, let's continue asking that question. Why will we rejoice and be glad in today? Well, secondly, because this is the day of God's unfailing help. His unfailing help. Verses five through seven. When hard pressed, I cried to the Lord. He brought me into a spacious place. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. Is he your helper? Is he? I hope so. Because my help comes from the Lord, I look in triumph on my enemies. That's what the psalmist was saying. He was saying, I rejoice in today because when I was hard pressed on every side, God helped me by bringing me freedom. And I rejoice in today because when I was being drawn into fear, God helped me by being near. And I rejoice in today because what others meant for bad, God helped to use for good. And I rejoice in today because when I felt weak, God helped me by making me strong. You ever hear the name Lincoln Hall, that name, ring any bells to you? It was a widely covered story. He was hard pressed on every side, every side. On his descent from the summit of Mount Everest, this veteran mountain climber suffered a cerebral edema and he was left for dead. In fact, others had come down and told his wife that he had passed away somewhere on the mountain. So think about this. Over 40 climbers actually passed right by Lincoln on their way to the top, but but no one either noticed him or they didn't care enough to kind of ruin their climb in order to help him. Everything changed, though, when this guy named Danny Mazur and his climbing team not only saw him and saw his pain, but stepped in to help him in the midst of his pain. And for the rest of his life, Lincoln not only remembered his rescue, he gave thanks to those who rescued him for the rest of his life. 
What does that have to do with us? Well, pretty much everything. You see, when we were desperate and alone, God not only saw us there, but he chose to not leave us there. He stepped in to help us. The question is, do you have a faith-filled memory that recalls and gives thanks for all that God has done for you? Or when God has moved in your life, did you merely dust yourself off and move on? See, I encourage you to rejoice in today because of what God accomplished in your life yesterday and the day before that and the day before that. You see, when we live with a faith-filled memory that recalls how God helped us through all of our yesterdays, it helps us to redefine how we're going to view tomorrow. Just like the psalmist will be led to say these words, that it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. And he points to an important lesson. In fact, if you have not learned this lesson yet in your life, let me do you a great favor and spare you a lot of future pain. Are you ready? Here it is. People disappoint. I know it's shocking. People disappoint. They do. Even your closest family members. Even your closest friends. Even those people you put high up on a pedestal and you think, oh, I want to be like them. But the truth is, people disappoint. Not every time, but many times. But here's the good news. God never fails. His love is everlasting. The truth is this. If you chose to place your faith in people yesterday, you're going to have a really, really hard time rejoicing in today. But if you place your faith in God, your rejoicing will never, ever stop. In fact, here's some more good news. This kind of rejoicing will better help you to face difficulty whenever and however it comes. Just like the psalmist, you'll say that all the nations surrounded me, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them down. They surrounded me on every side, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them down. They swarmed around me like bees, but they were consumed as quickly as burning thorns. And in the name of the Lord, I cut them down. I was pushed back and about to fall, but here's the thing, the Lord helped me. And there is that helping theme again. You see, when I live with an attitude which says, because I know the Lord is my helper, I will rejoice in today, well, it pretty much changes everything. Everything. Take a look. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. The Lord's right hand is lifted high. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. I will not die but live and will proclaim what the Lord has done. Are you living like that? Are you thinking like that? Are you talking like that? Are you giving credit to God daily for all he has done or ever will do? Are you? Remember, God is the one who made you. Think about that. Thousands of years ago, he dreamed you up. He made you. God is the one who gave you life and breath. He is the very one who gave you your natural talents. He's the one who gave you your level of intellect. And so it is not a weak statement at all to say that God is my helper. In fact, it's a true statement, but it's also a faith-filled statement. As you probably heard, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And quite honestly, it's quite impossible to walk in peace ourselves. So friends, God is our helper. Let's place our faith, our confidence in him. 
we will rejoice, yes, because this is the day of God's unfailing love. And this is the day of God's unfailing help. And because these things are incredibly true, the psalmist also writes these words, open for me the gates of the righteous. That's kind of odd, isn't it? I mean, he's saying all these things. He's talking about God's unfailing love, God's unfailing help. And then suddenly he says, open for me the gates of the righteous. I mean, what's going on? I mean, what are these gates? What are they referring to? Well, the gate to the righteous refer to the gates of the temple in Old Testament times. Uh, behind the gates would be the very place where God's presence dwelled. And back in those days, only those who were righteous enough could actually enter through them. Righteousness. Who is a righteous person? Well, the psalmist defines it this way. The one who has clean hands and a pure heart. Who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god. I want you to think about that, just in terms of a pure heart. What does that look like? Do you have one? Do you know what motivates your actions? Is your heart pure? Do you have any idols in your life? Things, you know, I haven't totally replaced God. I mean, he's still there on the throne, but he shares the throne with some other things you find so all important. Any idols or any false gods? If we're really gonna be humble and honest, we would say, you know what? I think I might have let one or two in. A righteous person is one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swears by a false God. This, according to the psalmist, is a righteous person. And the psalmist makes it clear that due to the sacrifices he had offered, due to the way that which he had lived, due to the way in which he had worshipped, he was such a person. He was righteous. That's why he adds these words. I will enter. Those are bold words. I will enter. Again, because in the Old Testament times, God established this temporary system that made it possible for only a few people to enter his presence. And yet he foresaw a day, because of his unfailing love, he foresaw a day when millions of people would be able to enter in. But because of who we are, how would this be possible I mean, even Paul wrote, he said, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. And since we can't see God on our own, what did God do? He came after us. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, into our world to pursue us despite us. In fact, when he showed up, he invited people into this very special relationship with him by saying, come, follow me. Are you following him? Because the Bible says that to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. And how is such a birth made possible? Well, the Bible tells us God made him, Jesus Christ, who had no sin, to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So think about it this way. Christ's work on the cross made it possible for all who repent and follow him to become the righteousness of God because of him. I'll say that again. Christ's work on the cross made it possible for all who repent and follow him to become the righteousness of God because of him. And that means for all who repent, those who follow. We do not stand outside of those gates just hoping to somehow be good enough. 
good enough to enter, good enough to have a relationship with him. Heavens, no. Because of Christ's work on the cross, on our behalf, the Bible says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And there's that helping theme again. You gotta wonder why it keeps showing up. In light of that, let me ask a question. Whenever we approach God's presence and receive his help, which is many times, what should our natural response be? There's a lot of different possibilities. What should our natural response be? Well, I would say that our response would align with a psalmist who, who says these words, I will enter and do what? Give thanks to the Lord. Not to myself, not even to someone else. I'm gonna give thanks to the Lord. And then he tells us why he gives such thanks to the Lord. He says, I will give you thanks for you answered me and have become my salvation. So why will we rejoice and be glad in today? Well, friends, because this is the day of God's unfailing salvation. His unfailing salvation. Has he saved you? Do you truly know Christ as your savior? Are you truly following him? Because if you're not, every day is gonna be just like every other. Another day to try and do your best. Another day that gets you 24 hours closer to the weekend. Another day to live for yourself. Another day to pursue the kind of more that will only bring you less. Another day to binge on Netflix. Another day to post on Instagram. But another day that you're not really living. Not as God intended. But when you truly know and follow Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you are going to rejoice in today because he has saved you. But that's not all. The good news is because of God's unfailing love, he will keep on saving you throughout your life. That's why the psalmist writes these words. He says, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this. This is a past work. And then he writes, and it is marvelous in our eyes. The Lord has done it this very day. So he saved us then and he saves us now. So let us rejoice today and be glad because the Lord saves us. The Lord grants us success. So the psalmist is saying, well, God saved us yesterday by washing our sins away. His saving work is not done. Whenever we face hardship, we're hard pressed on every single side. Our backs are against the wall. He will step in and save us now. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just ask a recovering alcoholic or a recovering drug addict or a recovering sex addict or a recovering pride addict. That last one might represent many of us here. If we're truly humble and we take a look, oh, the Lord has saved us. And because of his unfailing love, when we come to him and say, oh, Lord, I need your help. He saves us yet once again. This is the goodness of our God. And because God is our helper, he has saved us and will keep on saving us, which leads to these words. It says, you are then my God, and I will praise you. I have no other choice. You are my God, and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Friends, may we never forget that this is the day of God's unfailing love. And this is the day of God's unfailing help. 
And this is the day of God's unfailing salvation. Yes, I will rejoice because this is the day that the Lord has made. Thanks for listening. You can stay connected throughout the week by following Montgomery Community Church on Facebook and Instagram. For more information about MCC, visit our website at mcc.church.